Zot, 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 everybody. Welcome to a wonderful Monday evening show. Today, my special guest is longtime anteater and KUCI DJ Michael Rudzinski. Michael was raised in the Big Apple and came to school at UCI in 1973. Wow. Back in the days when trees looked like bushes, there was a ton of dirt all over the place at UCI and very few buildings. Both UCI and Michael have come a long way, baby. Michael's field of study was music and percussion. He received his undergrad degree in 1978 and his grad degree in 1992. He started as a classical music DJ at KUCI in 1977 and has been spinning the turntable ever since. His current KUCI show is called Concert Previews and Anniversaries and can be heard every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Michael's professional credentials are also impressive. He has played percussion with a wide assortment of musical orchestras and symphonies, including the Pacific Symphony, and has also been a music and arts reporter for over 20 years for publications including the Orange County Register and Los Angeles Times. Finally, Michael is in his 13th year as percussion and band teacher at Beckman High School. Please give a warm, rousing, and prolonged cyber welcome with timpani to the music man himself, Michael Rudzinski. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Excellent. Well, please tell us about percussion. Was it a natural fit for you? How did you come to it? Well, I grew up in New York and attended public schools there. In junior high school, I got put into this glee, what they called glee club, a choir, and uh, then I went on to high school. And in high school, I was going to be put in, uh, in their glee club. And I said, I've had enough with singing. Um, enough glee. And, <laughs> and so I figured, uh, I'm, well, I've been taking piano lessons, but I was nowhere near the proficiency of another student who was a pianist. And so we got both put in the orchestra, but they only needed one pianist. So they were going to say, do you play any other instrument? Otherwise, we're going to have to put you in choir. And I looked around and I saw this one solitary guy in the corner uh, behind the timpani. And I said, complete bald-faced lie. Oh, I've had some experience with drums. (laughs) So I got put back there and I asked the conductor, oh, but could you show me the some of the basics, it, it was a little while, but it'll all come back to me. And then he was showing me, and I go, oh, yeah, that's how it goes. All the while, you know, making mental notes is, okay, do exactly as he does, or you get put in choir. <laughs> so, but I was going to leave behind the world of percussion when I got to college here. I said, I'm going to declare a major in piano. So I went back to being a pianist, and, the, uh, and I had my audition, and the piano teacher at that time, he looks at me, and he says, what is your second favorite subject? And I thought that was a strange question, but I said, history. He says, go major in history. <laughs> Well, nobody would talk to me like that. So the very next day, I came back and declared myself a percussion major. And I couldn't play snare drum to save my life. Yeah. But I could read mallets. I could read xylophone because of my piano training. Uh-huh. So they said, well, you're, okay, we'll accept you, but you're on probationary status. And I was on probationary status all the way to the day I graduated, but I made it. I beat every prediction, which was basically, he'll never make it. He'll never survive. And I survived. Excellent, Michael. That is a great, great story. 
So how did you pick UCI? It was little known back in those days, right? Yes, yes. Well, we had a friend of the family who moved out to California before we did. We always wanted to move to California, but we never had enough money and the time was, wasn't right. And this uh, friend of the family who originally suggested uh, we should all move to Anaheim because it's close to Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. Said, oh, instead, why don't you move out to this brand new community? They call it Irvine. And they just opened a new university there. So, you know, they would be needing students there to, to populate it. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, let's, let's go with that idea. And as a result, applied to and was accepted at Irvine. Where did you live back in those days? On campus or where? No, I lived so close to the campus that I just commuted. And back then it was easier to commute than to live on campus. As I was doing some background research, Michael, I reached out to Professor Emeritus Robert Cohen, and he said you were a very active and hardworking radio and newspaper reporter and good student. Did you guys actually work together or did you? No, uh, looking back, I wish I would have taken a class with him. But no, I was just the reporter who always showed up in his office whenever he had a a production coming up and uh, let him talk about what the production was about and and what he hoped to attain in it. And then I wrote up my uh, story and it uh, appear in the local paper. Back in those early years, were you just driven to I will succeed or did you have doubts along the way? Well, I Never really had doubts that uh, I couldn't make it work for me. There were times, of course, I didn't progress as I would have liked. And to uh, this day, I have a, uh, one or two hitches in my technique that uh, prevent me from you know, being perfect. Like s- some, some percussionists have perfect technique. And their musicality, though, may range, may you know, be not so good to average to good to great. My musicality is up there in the great category, and that makes up for any deficiencies in my technique. Sure. But I basically play with lots of expression, and uh, audiences love that. They love seeing a, a musician in an orchestra really move with the music. Right, yeah, definitely. How about in terms of inspirations, percussionists you've experienced over your years, maybe early in your career, but or just in your lifetime? Is it, Who are your inspirations? One inspiration I know was someone not in classical at all, jazz drummer. And uh, calling him a jazz drummer it doesn't do him justice. I call him a jazz percussionist, well, not even jazz, a percussionist, an artiste, as they would say. His name is Jeff Hamilton, and uh, the, he's part of the Clayton Hamilton Jazz Orchestra that's very big in the Southland here. And he uh, oftentimes performs, uh, he used to perform as part of a jazz festival called West Coast Jazz Party, which I think still goes on now uh, around President's Day weekend. But they used to also be Labor Day weekend. In fact, they'd be going on right now. And whenever he's featured in the solo, you know, I just, I put down my pad, my pen, because I'd be there as a reporter, and I, I would just look at him and, and be very... Very inspired with what, with how he, how he played. One time he played with his fingers. He'd even put away his sticks and did stuff with his fingers on the drums. And I had to go up to him afterwards and say how much I admired him. I have always wanted to play like he was playing, like a jazz artist would play. And when he asked me what my background in music was, I told him I, I, I play with symphony orchestras. And he said, well, I w- always wish I could play like you guys in the symphony orchestras, you know, playing your classical music. Yeah. So here we were telling each other that we wish we could play like the other person. Yes, yeah, excellent. 
two experts in their fields within percussions. How about in terms of pieces that you've played? Do you have any favorite? Oftentimes, my favorite is the very piece that I'm working on at the moment. But in the past, I've I've enjoyed pieces where I get to you know shine with my part. Lots of Beethoven symphonies. Beethoven Seventh is my favorite. That last movement has. It's easy for a part like that to escape from your control if you're not careful. And it's like a couple of times it almost like got to bring it, rein it in a little bit. It, it was like you know having its life of, of its own. Interesting. And is that particular to piece for all the musicians or particularly for as a percussionist? You know, is it particular? Did was Beethoven writing for a percussionist at that point? Well, uh, Be- Beethoven was a trailblazer in everything that he did, and among other things. He saw timpani as not just something that's uh, supporting the orchestra and basically in the background, but something that w- which had uh, some solo capability. Uh, listen to his Ninth Symphony, which a newscast team used as their theme song many, many years ago. And it's like the whole orchestra going, bum ba dum bum ba dum and then bum ba dum bum ba dum The timp- timpani had a solo right there. And uh, that, was, that was revolutionary in Beethoven's time. Wow. But he, he kept pushing the boundaries and, and, and pushing boundaries. There's no solo in the Seventh Symphony, but it's very solo-like because the timpani's always playing with the orchestra, but it, it powers the orchestra. It drives the orchestra from start to finish. And like I said, people would come up to me afterwards and say how much they enjoyed what I did with that work. But I have to tell a quick story here. Please. Uh, um, Carmina Burana which is a piece by Carl Orff. If you've ever seen the film Excalibur, the beginning music is taken from the beginning of Carmina Burana. It's like very big, bombastic piece for choir and orchestra. So I did that piece a number of times. And one of those times was at, if I'm maybe allowed to talk about a rival college here, Irvine Valley College put on uh, Carmina Burana. And I'm proud of that particular performance because I was put in charge of the percussion section, which I never was before or since with that piece. And I put to, I, I pulled the people together and I got the chance to act as a contractor, which means I get to pay them too. And I, I felt very good about that. And I, and I really put my all into the piece and I felt very elated. Well, what happened was after the performance, of course, I put away my, my stuff and I usually just get in my car and drive off. But that night I thought I miss, must have left something behind But because something was bothering me. As it turned out, I didn't leave anything behind. But that got me out of the car again. And as I walked back to the theater, a group of these college girls come walking into the uh, parking lot from the other direction. And one of them looks at me and smiles. And so I caught her attention. So I smiled back. And at that moment, she said to the others, look, girls, there's the timpanist. <laughs> and I felt, like, I felt like a rock star. They come up to me and they take selfies, you know, and, uh, and it's like I, I felt like a real rock star. I, I even said, like, just uh, don't, don't rip my shirt, please. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Michael, excuse me just for a moment. For those of you who have joined us late, I'm visiting today with lifelong anteater Michael Rudzinski. Michael received UCI degrees in music percussion first in 1978 as an undergrad and then in 1992 as a graduate student. He has had a lifelong career playing percussion for orchestras and symphonies throughout Southern California. And he has been a KUCI classical DJ since 1977. That would make it 40 years. Happy anniversary, Michael. Thank you. And Michael's current KUCI show is every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon and is called Concert Previews and Anniversaries. I need to make a slight correction on that. Concert Preview Anniversaries. 
Okay, gotcha. Michael, since you've been at KUCI so long, do you have a least favorite shift? I heard, was there some, something, somebody told me about a 3 a.m. shift or did you? Okay, uh, um, there, yeah, I've been here for 40 years okay. and that comes out to 160 quarter. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, I just completed my 160th quarter in the spring. I missed two whole quarters because at that time, and this was like my fourth year or so, there was a general manager, a student general manager, who hated classical music. And he could not ban classical music from the station because by definition we have to present all kinds of music here, being a college radio station. But nothing prevented him from shoving classical music into the graveyard shift. So it had to be, so if I wanted to continue to do radio, he said, I had to do it either 12 to 3 or 3 to 6 a.m. No other times he would allow. And I said, well, that, that's ridiculous. I, I, I need to sleep. And he says, okay, you're off the station. So he, he, he kicked me off. Wow. For uh, those two quarters? Or? Yeah, that, that, that was fall, uh, winter and spring. And then his tenure came to an end. And as soon as he left, the new program director gave me a call and said, would you like your old time slot back? And I said, sure. And I've been at KUCI ever since. So except for those two quarters. So when I say 40 years, yes, my 40th anniversary was in January, but I still needed two more quarters to make it a complete 40 years. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I know with your can-do attitude and willpower, you will complete those. And I just want to give you credit. You, as far as I'm concerned, you're there, man. But very good. How about, do you have any percussion horror stories like you know the drum rolled into the orchestra pit or i came in four bars too early i, I don't know anything come to mind you well, had a long long career well um this is fall fortunately in in my college days there was a time i, I attended another university as well but didn't get any degree there but while there at one point during a performance I moved the set of uh, bells, which are these heavy, you know, the orchestra bells, on a stand, and I moved the stand with the bells over, and then when I let go, the stand was wobbly, and it just keeled over, and the bells crashed on the oh. ground, and you could hear the people gasp in the audience. <laughs> and when I, I just slunked off stage very quickly, and I, I, I was, like, so mortified. I said, this is the end of the world. Uh, right, 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 right. Another time, I was with a percussion group, and we were on tour, and at one of our concerts, which was attended by, like, maybe three people, <laughs> it was a very poorly attended concert. I put my maracas down, those are the shakers, yeah. and they rolled right off the table and hit the ground. So stuff like that. Yeah, it just happens, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Very good. Well, how about flipping the coin, particularly is the word sublime? What? How about just a few high points of your career? Well, what I mentioned earlier with the Carmina Burana, with yeah. uh, Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, yeah. almost whenever I play at Dana Point, Dana Point Symphony has a regular season. Uh, Dana Point Symphony opens its new season on October 22nd, I believe, wait, October, uh, October 21st, that makes it a Saturday. It's only on Saturdays. And they're doing Symphony Fantastique by Hector Berlioz, which is a percussionist's delight. I mean, it is, it, it, it is, it is filled with, with lots of powerful moments in it. And we're doing this in Dana Point. And the reason I p keep mentioning Dana Point is because I have a fan club there. I have people who come up to me after every concert say, we're here because we're watching you. And I, so I, whenever like, I, I, I get ready for it and, and somebody wants to tell me something, I says, no, no, later, later. I need to get in the mood. I can't disappoint my fans. 
<laughs> and uh, so every time I play a Dana Point, even if a piece is not that uh, showy, the, the, I get comments. I always get comments, and people say, oh, you did a wonderful job and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I do it because I love to play music. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for the adulation and the compliments, but they're, they're like the frosting on top mm-hmm. of the cake. Mm-hmm. Where in Dana Point is it? Oh, uh, St. Edward, the full name, St. Edward the Confessor Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. How about, what have you learned as a teacher over, do you feel like that you have... I've, I've learned how to be more patient. <laughs> I, I would come into it thinking, I'm, pa- I'm a patient person, but it, it, they test your patience a great deal. But I think my, the percussion students have le- come to respect me. The band needs more time because they're not as used to me. You know, I'm, I'm with the percussion students on a regular basis, and the band I sometimes take over, you, you, you say that I... I'm the band teacher there. I'm the assistant band teacher because my boss is still the main band teacher. And But, you know, a lot of times he can't make a, a class. He'll say, well, text me, you're it the, uh, this morning. I go, oh, okay, thanks for letting me know well ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Have the students changed much over the years? Uh, when I first got to Beckman, uh, half the students didn't pay attention to me or didn't want to pay attention to me. Now I would say that most of the students, again, you get new students every year. They, they have to adjust to you, and mm-hmm. then they, they, they decide, oh, okay, he's cool. They're the freshmen of the, in the band, that's, that's another matter. They, they want to test how far they can push you mm, because they see I'm not like my boss. My boss is a screamer and a shouter, uh-huh. and I'm the total opposite. Uh-huh. In fact, my trademark phrase when they're talking too much is, I'll wait. Then I shut down until I hear other students go shh to the ones who are still talking. Gotcha. For the most part, they're they're good students, uh-huh. and I'm still learning on the job. I still have to uh, you know make adjustments and all that. I come across as being too serious, and I want to show that I'm a serious person. But I have to loosen up a little bit and go with the flow. And the kids know that you know, hey, you know, I'm here to teach them. But if they want to learn, too, that's too bad on them. But uh, I will continue to teach those who want to learn. Mm-hmm. How about in your 40 years here at KUCI as a radio DJ, any pearls of wisdom for new DJs coming on board? Just learn as much as you can about radio. And, and they have more to learn than I did because when I came on board, there was no computer. There, you know, The mixer board was so old-fashioned. I mean, we had turntables and nothing else. We, you know, CDs weren't invented yet. Here's something that really aged me here. When I did my first show at KUCI, I was about to say CDs were not invented. Computers were not in, in widespread use, except in specialized classrooms. We were on the third floor of Gateway Commons, which is now a study hall. Before that, it was a place you went right across from the library, and uh, we shared the space with the campus newspaper. We took up an entire interior lobby with studios A and B facing each other, pretty much like B and C are facing each other now. And the engineer room was right across the way, and that was all for the station. That was the entire radio station. Gerald Ford was still president for one more week, and then, and then Jimmy Carter took over. Price of gas was around 60 cents a gallon, and, and you could still buy a detached family, one-family home for under $100,000 in Irvine. Wow. How about, you know, over the years, what about highlights? Have you had live performances here at the station, or can you recall any live performance in particular? Occasionally, I invite youth orchestras to come 
uh, here and, and perform. So, so they would perform one or two pieces. Then I would have pre-selected students, like three or four of them, to come into Studio A and be interviewed. I would basically ask them, you know, why did you choose that instrument? What do you like best about playing with this group? And what do you hope to achieve in your future? And then I let them go back and they play two more pieces and, and that's it. That, that's been my basic format. Occasionally I would have a, a soloist come in, but mostly uh, youth orchestras. And there was the two, to- the two times that KUCI broadcast my recital live when I gave my uh, senior recital and my graduate recital. Here at UCI? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They brought, broadcast live from, from the concert hall. I wish I could, I could be listening to it, you know. But. Yes, 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 yes. How about where UCI is today? Are you as amazed as I am as you look around and see how it's grown? I grew up in Orange, so I actually, I remember going to Corona Del Mar and seeing the dirt, and over that hill is where UCI was going to be built. And then in the early years when it, was a heck of a lot of dirt to where it is now. I mean, any impressions of of that? Well, I'm always reminded of what the campus looked like uh, through KUCI's uh, what they call mockumentary uh, about the history of KUCI, done in the style of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Once you get past all the jokes and stuff like that uh, in the uh, film... Uh, you, I look at the background. I go like, yes, that's what that's what the park looked like before they called it Aldrich Park. In fact, when I, my my freshman year at UCI, before I became involved with KUCI, the administration building was still being built. If you can imagine that, even though it looks like it was one of the original buildings. Yeah, right. The architect is the same. That's why the style is 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 in that style. But but that it was not one of the original buildings. The library and Gateway Commons were original buildings. Oh, okay, and. Biological sciences, physical sciences, humanities were all original buildings. Mm-hmm. But uh, what they now call Aldrich Hall, that was uh, still in the, in the buildings. So the library building was first floor and fifth floor were administration and the second, third, and fourth floors were library. Hey, you know, how did you come to be on KUCI? Well, uh, I when I looked up uh, what the campus had to offer, one of the things they mentioned is that we have a campus newspaper and a campus radio station. Mm-hmm. Well, I had written for my high school newspaper. So I thought, oh, that's something I could do. And then, but radio station, I've never done that before. I've always pretended I was on radio, you know, and thinking I could do a better job. So Uh here here was my opportunity to finally put that to work. But I took too many classes in the first two, three years. Every time I thought I would would attend the introduction Uh during during what they used to call orientation week. Now they call it welcome week. And uh, but then I wouldn't get much beyond that. And finally, in my junior year, I said, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick with this, even if it kills me. And so as a result, again, during fall quarter, uh, I, I, I had to pass the test. But I did finally. And then that's why my, my start was in the winter quarter. Well, Michael, this has been a wonderful exploration of your knowledge of UCI and percussion and music in general. And I want to thank you very much for being with us today. I wish you all the success with your future at KUCI and also with your music endeavors. And I look forward to hearing you play. I'm very intrigued and looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.